Ready? Go. Hey everyone, it's Heather Whaley. This is Frank Whaley, the Matador. Uh, today's Monday, April 4th, 2022. It's Monday. Watching the Grammys last night. Yeah, I didn't know who anybody was. Um, well, I didn't know. I, I mean, I'm old as, as a, 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 I'm old AF, so I don't know shit. I, you know, like, like, like when I, when I think of the Grammys, I think of, uh, when I'm thinking about, when I'm visualizing watching the Grammys, I'm visualizing like Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton. Oh God. Um, uh, Jay Giles band. Oh my God. Um, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind and Fire. Um, you know, like that. So That's what I'm, I'm thinking last year when it was Harry Styles and Taylor Swift, I knew who they were. I didn't know. I know Billie Eilish and I know Olivia Rodrigo. I'm thinking like if I'm. Uh, and I know uh, Lil Nas X. Nas? I'm, Nas? I'm thinking Cher or, you know, Sonny and Cher. I'm thinking like Diane Real Cannon. old. Jesus. They cut to the audience. There's Diane Cannon. There's. You know, there is, um, 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 you know, guys from the Pat, but maybe Debbie Boone is there. Maybe Pointer Sisters are there. Yeah. We don't yeah. need to go through like a whole, the whole like Spotify playlist of I'm just telling you, from the 70s. I'm just telling you what the Grammys mean to me. Like, like when they're announcing who's going to perform with well, performances by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, the Cars, Dwayne Allman, Blue Oyster Cult. They would never have performed at the same Grammys. Those. What are people. you talking about? Of course they would. No. The Statler Brothers. The, n- <sighs> well, I'm talking about my. Ex- you can't but tell like me. Blue Oyster Cult. Right. And the and the Statler Brothers were like the same time period. Oh, of course. Oh. I mean, the, I mean, Statler Brothers and Blue Oyster Cult were both around 70s and 80s. Come on. Blue Oyster Cult was the 80s, like like. Solidly in the eighties, I think. I think. Uh, I think you're wrong. They had "Don't Fear the Reaper" was Blue Oyster Cult's big, big song, and that was in the seventies. Firmly entrenched in the seventies. I could be wrong about that, but I doubt that I am. Anyway, my point is, when I think of this, when I'm thinking about the Grammys, I'm thinking about like sitting on the, you know, the the red rug in my living room, looking at the the you know the the black and white Bradford television, and there's you know Elton John. Giving out the award with Cher for you know album of the year, and it's um, songs in the key of life. Stevie Wonder. Um, Hang on, you're right. Blue Oyster Cult was formed in 1967 in Stony Brook, New York. Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the people. Oh, flock of seagulls. Oh my God, there could be two things more separate than flock of seagulls and Blue Oyster Cult. I guess I got them confused. Why? Because seagulls eat oysters. Is that what? Is that how? Is that how you? Like blue what? oyster cult. I think it was because the flock of seagulls album had like a blue, like a blue light on it. I I, I don't consider you a, a a student of music history. Well, that's good because I'm not. I learned a couple. Of, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I I liked I, I like watching. Um, Lady Gaga, I love Lady Gaga, although that performance was a little weird because she was doing some kind of like weird, weird thing with her voice. I mean, it was still amazing. She did a little tribute to Tony Bennett. Yeah, she's a talented, talented woman. She's a talented dame. I think that's what you said last night. She's one talented dame. 
Um, but um, I I noticed that one thing I that jumped out at me is first of all I gotta put I gotta put little, not lil, because I'm not gonna appropriate. But I gotta put little in front of my name. I got to or little Frank Whaley, little Frankie Whaley. Yeah. If you were a senator, that's what Donald Trump would probably have called you, right? Like little Adam Schiff, little Frank Whaley. Okay. He calls everybody that. Right. But are you saying I'm, I'm little? No, he just oh. calls everybody that. No, I got to con- contend with that. Well, why would you want to put little in front of your name? Because it seems the thing to do these days. What also, about if you called yourself like bad, bad boy Frank Whaley? Bad, bad Leroy Brown. Yeah, already, already. bad, bad Frank Whaley. But one thing that I learned is that my jackets and my clothes in general are way too well-fitting. I need to get shit that's big because that Bieber was wearing like a extra, 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 extra large. Jacket, his jacket, right? Right. Looked like David Byrne mixed with Harry Styles with that pink hat. No, the sleeves were like a good foot beyond his his it's fingertips. It's ridiculous. And the, and the pants were just, you know, like, I mean, it's like if you were a three-year-old and you put on your father's suit and go to the, and go to the Grammys. Who wants it? Who's going to do that? I thought so. the two, the two women who were dressed in Versace and they had like a black sort of thing on top that was like tight. And then they had like sort of leathery pants. I don't know who they were, but I liked their outfits the best. Well, uh, I had a thought. If, if you could be, that would be interesting if you could be a little bit more specific. Oh, people will know who I'm talking about. I had a thought. If Lady Gaga lived in the UK, would they give her one of those? I don't, it's not a knighthood, I guess, if you're female, but you know, like Dame Judy Dench. Would she be Dame Lady Gaga? So she'd be a dame and a lady. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But I don't think Lady is a. Uh, she's not been anointed Lady. That was just like that. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll get, I'll I'll call myself Man Frank Whaley or Man Man Whaley, Man. But Man isn't the same as Lady, Gentleman, Gentleman Jack. It's been taken. I'll go with Man Alive. Man Alive, Frank Whaley. No, just Man Alive. Man Alive. That's an that's an exclamation. Dig it. I'm going to change my name to Man Alive Explanation Point by the end of the year 2024. You and I went on a honeymoon. Do you remember that at all? Um, I get glimpses. I get I get pieces. We went we went to uh, Paris. We drove through France and ended up in the south of France at a beautiful hotel. Overlooking the Mediterranean. Oh, I was rolling in some dough back in them days. We went to Monte Carlo. Do you remember what happened in Monte Carlo? I know we made a lot of good love. I bit my tongue really hard on a piece of gum. Do you remember that? It was bleeding. I remember a lot of things. Yeah, Super I remember. Super romantic. It. Yeah, I remember a lot of things. I remember, well, I remember, I tend to remember the bad things. Yeah. And the two things to jump out about. So right before we went on our honeymoon, stop me if you've heard this one before, Heather. I I was cast in oh geez yeah. a pilot for FX, and FX was sort of in its infancy stages, infancy stage at that period of time. Right, it was a uh, two thousand, right? 
Was that the year? It what, was the year 2000? 2001. Right. So FX. Like they flew to New York to uh, to beg you to be in their t- TV show. So FX was was um uh, developing a series called Bad News, Mr. Swanson, which was about a guy in the pilot episode, this highfalutin guy played by me, who's a you know real a real swarthy kind of jerk, you know, and he he gets he's he's constantly. Cheating people and swindling people, treating people poorly. I think he cheats on his wife, and, and, and he's just not a nice guy. And he gets a diagnosis that he has terminal cancer in the pilot episode, so he decides he's going to change his whole life around. But each uh, episode, he's, 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 he's given a vi- he gets a visit from death. From, you know, death, the, you know, like a, a, a live-action death right. character. Right, get played by? Was played by Johnny Rotten. Right. Sex Pistols, Johnny Rotten, for those of you who don't know who Johnny Rotten is. So they cast me and, and Johnny Rotten. He wouldn't probably ever have played at the Grammys. Johnny, the Sex Pistols, Johnny Rotten, his band. No. And he wouldn't wore, he would have wore fucked up clothes, but at least they would have fit him in some, in some kind of way. Anyway, so go, so right before we, so we get married and we were planning our honeymoon. I go do this pilot. I get word from my manager at the time, Frankie, is sl- yeah, it's a grand, sl- you hit it out of the park, Frank. They love it. They picked it up for 23 episodes, and FX had no other programming at that time. I think The Shield was their yeah, first Yeah, that was their first sh- one. Was their first show. That so, was when FX was going to be all like, man, a man's man's network. Right. I think they had cops. They had like a few things. But anyway, Kevin Riley, who um, went on to, I think, you know, run NBC, and, you know, he was the head of FX, and he called... And then they, they, the, the producer got a fellow named Gavin Pallone, who was one of the producers on Seinfeld, um, and had been a producer on a movie I did, a war movie I did in Hungary for HBO, where they treated the actors horribly, and they were burning tires to keep black smoke in, black smoke in the air. It was a World War II movie. It was called When Trumpets Fade. And... Gavin Plone was a producer on that film. This was years years before this bad news, Mr. Swanson. And um, I, 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 I uh, had called the union because I made an anonymous complaint to the union because people, you know, pe- the actors were not being treated well. Well, they, they had like um, extras background who were supposed to be like victims of the war and they were taking amputees, you said, and dumping them in a field and just leaving them there. Yeah, they would have actual amputees as is the as you said the glamorous life of, of the hollywood actor well this actor. was but this was in in the in the like it was supposed to be the ardennes forest and we, we were shooting in the middle of nowhere in hungary 45 minutes from budapest in the mid, in the mountains and they were they were dropping napalm and burning tires i mean this is a village in a, in a in an area that survived the real world war 2 another like destroying it by literally dropping napalm shit they could right, never, this is a tangent we were talking about our honeymoon they could never get away with this stuff so that's why they went all the way to hungary but anyway the story is gavin plone the producer got wind of the fact that i called the you know i i contacted my union the screen actors guild and made an anonymous complaint i don't know how the, you know uh, not too anonymous because they told him who it was and he said you'll never work for hbo again and i said can we make that retroactive and I thought that was the end of my relationship with Gavin Plum. But here we are a few years later, and he's coming to New York to try to talk me into doing this bad news. Mr. Swanson, little did he know, he didn't have to talk me too hard because I was ready to jump into the money. And I did. I took this job. You and I went away on a honeymoon. I, and I got with, with the news that this show was going to be picked up for 23 episodes, we were going to be rolling in the deep 
end of the money pit, you and me, right? Right. And we spent, we spent a good deal on that honeymoon, didn't we? Right. We did spend quite a, quite a pretty penny on that. When we, weren't, when we weren't making love, and I'm talking about every which way but loose. Oh, my God. We were spending some cash money, right? Were we really, though? No. I mean, we stayed in a nice hotel. We stayed in a nice hotel. Yeah. We're, we're not big spenders, but you and I love to make love. And we're not making love. We love to have a nice dinner. What? <laughs> anyway. So, th- this is in the... God, pr- you're, like, you're like, you've been watching too much Pam and Tommy. Our, our honeymoon was drastically different than Pam and Tommy. I think I already said that I bought some French gum in Monte Carlo, and I bit my tongue. All I know is we, the, the, when we got off the plane... And, uh, oh, anyway, uh, let me just get on with the story. So, yes. so, so we, um, so we, so, so we, this is pre cell phone days, right, Heather? Yes. So, little did I know when we're all off in south of France enjoying the sights and the sounds and making sweet, sweet love, my manager is panicked calling me, panic calling me. 150 times on my my damn answering Sanyo answering machine, which is on the table in our apartment in New York City, ringing off the hook to give me the news that, huh, FX loved it, but Peter Chernin, Chernin, Peter Chernin, the head of the time of the uh, of everything Fox, the whole Fox world. He was Mr. Fox. He was fantastic, Mr. Fox. Yes, fantastic, Mr. Fox did not like this pilot at all, which. Which included, I think, the thing he hated most was it included a scene where I was like masturbating. Oh God! Yeah, and he just hated. He he didn't get it. He hated the whole thing. And they said, "Well, we already picked it up. We've already announced it in the and you know in the press, and we've already you know we've it's." And he said, "Okay, well then you we then we're going to retool it." And they said, "Okay," Uh, and he said, "Fire, fire everybody, fire Frank, fire Frank Whaley." Well, I think they fired everybody else first, and then they fired you. Yes. Fired everybody. Did they, did they fire Johnny Rotten? They fired everybody. Long story short, um, I get home. We get home. I find out that we're, that, you know, we're not going to be making these, this, the, these funds off of this show. It, it destroys my, my confidence, my, my sense of, of confidence. Did I just say that? Yes. Destroys my self-esteem, my confidence. I go, I've never been fired from anything. Um, everybody, even though everybody uh, agreed my performance was, you know, just fine, this guy fired me, and it sent me on a course, a collision course with desperation and depression for years. Yeah, kind of threw you for a loop. It sure as hell did, Heather. You put that really well. It threw me for a loop. Well, well said. And um, why did I start talking about this? Okay, so this is very interesting. Go ahead. Because I said, we went on a honeymoon. Do you remember that, Frank? And this is what you thought of. You started talking about work. Well, I also remember when you screamed in the car when we were driving, honeymoon's over. No, that was you. So, <laughs> so, so the reason I brought this up is that I found an article about this guy. Could I just ask one thing? Not what? to interrupt. Why did you scream at me the honeymoon's over? You screamed at me. Okay, why did I scream at you the honeymoon's you, over? Because you had just quit smoking. And I begged you, just quit after the honeymoon. That was that would have been sound advice. Yeah. I was grumpy. Yeah. So, okay. But it didn't stop me from sweet, sweet lovemaking. So this guy got married, and he and his new bride left for their honeymoon. They were in Cambodia. And nowadays, there are cell phones. 
and his boss called him on his honeymoon and asked him to attend a client pitch meeting on day three of the honeymoon. He said it was a very important deal and he needed him for just that one day. This man says, given that this is my honeymoon, I said, absolutely not. He responded that it's only one day. Uh, and if he cannot depend on me for this important revenue generating meeting, he is not sure he can depend on me as a member of the team going forward. So this guy now says that, you know, he was stuck and he was talking to his wife and and she told him that she regrets marrying him. And so I asked you this question because I was thinking, if, well, if it was me, would I mind if you had one meeting? I imagine a client pitch meeting is like a big thing he's going to have to prepare for. I don't know. I don't have client pitch meetings. I guess I've had pitch meetings, but not like that where my bosses expect, you know, it's something that we've come up with that we're going to pitch to someone, which is very different. But even still, then you have to work through it. You have to practice your pitch and, and stuff. So it's not just like a one-off, like come to the meeting for, for an hour or two. So I was trying to think if I would be an annoyed if you, if you were working on our honeymoon. But then when I asked you about our honeymoon, all you talked about was work. No, that's yeah. not. Yeah, no, I talked, I, I said I remember only the bad things yeah. because that's and my so, nature. So you remember, what you remember about yeah, our but, honeymoon has to do not with our, our honeymoon at all, but that you were not available to take those phone calls. No, that's not what I remember. You're, you're mischaracterizing it. No, completely. but like you just spent like seven minutes yeah, talking because, about because it's work a, when I asked about our honeymoon. Because so it's a it's, fun. Because it's a, I thought it would be a funny story, Heather. Yes, it's a funny story, what I but remember, it's very fitting in terms of this article that I was going to read to you. No, I think, first of all, who goes to Cambodia for a honeymoon? That's crazy, number one. Number two, if this, if this gal is, it can't handle, you know, her husband taking, a, you know, taking an afternoon or an hour or two hours or three hours or whatever it takes to do his thing, you know, he's not being selfish, he's doing his thing, then, then they're gonna, they're, their marriage is never going to last anyway, so they should just call it there. That's my advice. Yeah, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have said I regret marrying you. But you know what? Uh, well, you've said that to me a few times. No. Uh, when Dorothy Parker got married, she was on her honeymoon, and Harold Ross, who ran The New Yorker, sent her a telegram asking her for stories to put in The New Yorker. And you know what she telegrammed back? No. I'm too fucking busy, and vice versa. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Do 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 be do. I'll tell you what, Heather. What? I didn't like what you said. That I don't. I didn't remember any any. Well, I don't know if you said it, but you seem you implied that I don't remember anything happy from our honeymoon, which mm -hmm. was twenty something years ago. Oh my and, god, it was a long time ago. But I remember other than and I, you know, I I do remember a lot of good, 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 cheerful, lovely making. Love. I remember we were at some little town in the middle of France, and I'm buying I don't know, na like napkins or something, and I and we hear Frank. And there's some girl who you had some relationship with years ago. There was another person who did the same thing when we were online at the courthouse in lower Manhattan to get our marriage license. Frank? I, 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 got, I, got, I got ladies in town. And what can I tell you? Um, no, the, I, don't, I don't remember any of that. And I don't remember buying feminine napkins anywhere. I don't they, know were, they were napkins, like cloth napkins. Oh, just napkins. I see. Yeah. Um, I remember. Linens. I remember very fondly lying in the hotel with you, holding you close, listening to you, your heartbeat, listening to every beat of your heart and breathing in your breath and thinking, um, 
you know, I'm what a lucky man I am lying here with my my bride watching uh, Milosevic being tried at the Hague. Yeah, I still remember he he is in the witness box, Slobodan Milosevic, and and he says, "I do not recognize this tribunal," and we were saying. I've, this tribunal looks a little bit familiar, but I'm not sure I recognize it. I definitely do not know the name of this tribunal. And then you said, I do not recognize this marriage. Goodbye, everyone. I hope you you have a good week and we'll see you p- probably on Friday if I recognize what Friday is by that point. Bye. This is not very good podcast content.